Guarantees. You got your Bible, go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and then I'm going to slip over into Matthew chapter 18, and uh, then the Lord changed my message last night, so who knows. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, Ahab reported to Jezebel everything that Elijah had done. Sounds like children to me, right? I'm going to tell mama on you. Ahab reported to Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, including the massacre of the prophets. Jezebel immediately sent a messenger to Elijah with her threat. The gods will get you for this, and I'll get even with you. By this time tomorrow, you'll be as dead as one of those prophets. When Elijah saw how things were, he ran for dear life to Beersheba, far in the south of Judah. He left his servant there and then went on into the desert another day journey. He came to a lone broom bush and collapsed in its shade, wanting in the worst way to be done with it all. Have you ever wanted to just to be done with it all? To just die. Enough of this, God. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. Uh, first of all, have you ever been in that situation? I'm just done. You ever been done? Uh, it, it, my kids will tell you when they were growing up, if, pop, if dad looked at them and said, I'm done, that meant... Matthew 18, verse 1, would you stand with me for the reading of the gospel? Matthew 18, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child. Say little. little. Say it out loud. Little. little. To him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little. Say little. little. Anybody keeping track? You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. But whoever humbles himself as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one of these like this in my name receives me. And whoever causes one of these who will believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned into the depth of the sea. Hmm. Verse 10. Take heed that you do not despise one of these. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see my fa the face of my Father who is in heaven, for the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. Father, I pray this morning that our mind would be ready to receive, that our ears would hear, that our eyes would see, and that our hearts would be soft in your hands. I pray this morning that you would use these clay lips to reach ears and to open them. I pray this morning that we would walk out of this place different than when we walked in. And all of God's people said, Amen. you can find your seat. God never forgets little ones. Did you catch that? In fact, he loves little things. He loves small things. He, 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 he is focused on little. When they're trying to figure out who's the greatest, he's trying to reveal who's the least, the last, the lost. He's trying to underscore that his attention is focused on things that other people overlook. That, that he's not impressed with what impresses us. That he, he's not looking for the most successful. He's looking for the smallest. That, that the disciples are arguing over that. And he's trying to reveal to them that the kingdom of God doesn't operate the way that the kingdom of this world operates. And how many of you know you can be belittled? You, you can feel low. You, you can feel lost, that life can hit you at times, and it's not that you're a little child, but the feelings of that little child come out, and all of a sudden, you feel lower than you have ever been. You ever had that thought? 
You, you, you ever been going through life pretty well, and then all of a sudden, something happened, and you felt diminished and destroyed. Well, Elijah the Tishbite, who I happen to think was an orphan, came out of nowhere. Elisha the Tishbite came blowing out of nowhere 50 years after Solomon's reign, 100 years after David. We're into the sixth king now since David established the throne in Jerusalem. And he comes out of nowhere and enters into an argument that's taking place in the kingdom of Israel at that time. And the argument was something like this. Does Baal give rain or does God give rain? And when you live in the desert, you need rain. And Israel is desert country, and you need rain. And Ahab, the king, had married Jezebel, the sorceress, from up north of Mount Carmel. And she believed that the Baal god made it rain, and the Baal controlled the weather. And so she had established all these things all over Israel, and they sacrificed to Baal. She had her own school of prophets and raised up 850 prophets that would cry out to Baal. And this Tishbite, this man named Elijah from nowhere, a little guy, he said, it's not going to rain. And for three and a half years, they had gone into drought, and Elijah had gone into hiding, and nobody could find him. And then all of a sudden, Elijah appears back onto the scene, and he said, okay, let's have a contest. Let's figure out who really is God. So I tell you what, the God that answers by fire, let's let him be God, right? So he says, you go first. And all those 850 prophets, they take and they build this huge altar up on Mount Carmel. Or Mount, uh, yeah, Mount Carmel. They build this big thing and they put stuff up there and they dance around the altar for about a day and they cut themselves and they chant and silence. Nothing. Not a word. And, and, and finally, Elijah said, you done? And he said, yeah, we're done. And, and so he went and rebuilt the altar, and he, he put all the, the stuff up and cut everything up and put the animal up on top of it. And then he brought in seven big barrels and trucks of water, which always makes me wonder where he got it. We were in a drought, and we were on the top of a mountain, and yet he had seven trucks of water to pour on top of that sacrifice and get it just really, really wet. How many of you went to First Nazarene in Sebra, Kansas? Okay, you don't know the story. Mrs. Shepherd taught me this story when I was about nine on a flannel board in Severy, Kansas. And God, through Elijah, called to God, and the fire came down and went, ate up the sacrifice, licked up the water. Man, the power of God hit the place. It shook, and Elijah turned around and massacred 850 of those witch prophets. And then it says he fell on his face, put his head between his knees, and began to pray for rain. And he prayed seven times until the Bible says he saw a cloud the size, say, little things. Just a little thing, just a little thing hanging out there in the west. Just a little cloud. And it says he jumped up, being strengthened by the hand of the Lord. I mean, the same little hand is the same little hand, the lady's hand, on Elijah. And it says, Elijah picked up his skirts, tied it between his legs, and he outran Ahab back to Jezreel, where Ahab was going to tattle to Jezebel. I mean, the same little hand is the same little hand, the lady's hand, and all of a sudden the prophet has killed 850 prophets. Massacred is what the Bible says. I mean, cut them to shreds. I mean, 
women are going, and men are going, yeah, and cut him to shreds, runs up there, and he's standing there going, yeah, what are you going to tell her? Go ahead, tattle on me. I got grandkids. Go ahead. And she doesn't even come out and say anything. The Bible says she sent out a messenger and basically said, before the sun goes down, I'm going to do to you what you did to the prophets. And this great man of God, who has just called fire down from heaven, massacred 850 people, outran the king's chariots back to the city, runs for his life. You ever had anything happen to you that make you feel like you're nothing? You ever had a victory in your life, but you never got to celebrate it? You ever win something, but feel like you lost something? And, and it, the Bible says that he picked up and he ran south. He, he ran from Mount Carmel to Beersheba. It's 114 miles. 114 miles. It'd take you a good two and a half hours to drive it in a car going 60 miles an hour. This man used the strength of the hand of God to go the wrong direction. And he ran 114 miles south in a day. Told his servant, you stay there. And he went another day journey in the wrong direction and fell asleep under a tree that they make brooms out of. Now, how many of you know that the power of God can come on you and you can use it in a direction that you shouldn't be using it? I mean, he runs 114 miles south of town on the strength that God has given him because Jezebel made another threat. <laughs> you ever been in a fight and win and then forgot who you were? I, last week I talked to you about Jason Bourne. Anybody remember Jason Bourne? He was a CIA directive. He could kill people with a toothpick, but he bumped his head, fell off the boat, and forgot who he was. I think Elijah bumped his head somewhere, forgot that he was Elijah. And so he goes running down, and he's hiding down there, and he's run, and, and he forgets that he has a set of skills to call down fire and massacre. He forgets that he can fight. He, he... Strong people struggle. Men of God, women of God, we struggle, don't we? Sometimes we just, we win the war but lose our identity. We lose something. When we should be celebrating, we're, we're running for cover. The Bible says he saw how things were. Well, how were they? He had just killed 850, called down fire. He was ready to plummet the kingdom, but he saw how things were. And that he ran for his life. He ran for his life. He ran for cover. Oh, come on. I mean, this guy's going, enough of this. All she really did was say what she's always said, which is, I'm against you. And he runs with this threat in his mind. He runs under the strength of God. Strong people struggle, too. Strong people get stressed out. Strong people allow the belittling of other people to make them be less than what God intended them to be. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like that those opinions, listen to me, fear is a spirit. Fear has nothing to do with logic. Fear can be triggered in our lives. It's like a vapor, a mist that comes around us. There's a great poem that says, who's to say, who's to know 
the secrets that lie within another man's soul. What brings him joy, what brings him pain, what it is that brings him to fear again. See, we just don't understand what it is that will trigger in our lives or in other lives this sense of fear. I can remember when we were painting this room. And we had the scaffolding up over here, and we were trying to paint up there. And I'm up on top of that scaffold, and I'm trying to paint. And all of a sudden, I remembered, I'm scared of heights. <laughs> and I'm leaning out with this paintbrush, and all of a sudden, I can't move. And there are some boys down here in the bottom. They said, what's the matter, Pastor? And I, I hated this big man, Faith and Power, to say, I can't move. You ever had something come into your mind and you, you were afraid? It didn't make any sense. And not only was I afraid, but then every other fear that's even lying dormant in my soul. I'm, 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 I'm up there shaking on the top of that. You've never had that, you liar. You've, you ever had something trigger and then all of a sudden it didn't make any sense why you were scared, but you just knew you were paralyzed at that moment. You just knew you could, didn't know how to go forward. You didn't know how to go back. This is enough already. I feel small. I feel belittled. I, I'm less than. Something happens. I'll do to you even more than what? It's just a threat. I don't really think that Elijah was afraid of his, for his life. I, 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 th I think he was running away from life. I, I think... I think in his mind there was something like, you mean i got to keep doing this? You mean, we, uh, you mean i got to do this again? I might have to call down fire again. I might have to kill another prophet again. You mean I might have to... You mean after three and a half years we still might have to resist the enemy? You, you mean that that, that that wasn't enough? That it, i got to keep fighting? You mean i got to go back to her? You mean i got to go work on Monday? You mean I gotta wash the car? You mean I gotta mow that yard again? You mean that diaper is what? I think what you hear in Elijah is a sense of, are you kidding me? That wasn't enough? How many of you ever been serving God and thought you'd done this, this, and this, and all of a sudden you realized, well, it ain't over yet. You thought it was over, but it ain't over. You might have to pray again. You might have to apologize to him again. Holy moly. I think he was going, I don't have any more left to give. If that didn't change everything, I don't know what will. If, if fire falling and... This message this morning is I'm trying to talk to some of you who are afraid. Insecure, worn out. That the struggle has really... And I, I want to say real quick here that God does not require you to have faith to finish what he started. He only requires us to have enough faith to take the next step. And that sometimes, even after we win a big battle and we are seen as strong and we have great champion ability, even winners can sometimes know they're losers. And God is chasing after little, the last, the least, the losers of this world, and that each one of us at times need to hear the things that God says to Elijah. He's laying there under that broom tree, and an angel comes, and the first thing that God says to Elijah in this moment is, get up. Touch one neighbor and say, get up. If you ever just want to walk, just get up. All you got to do is sit up, and when you sit up, eat that bread right there. 
Number one, I brought you breakfast in bed. Eat. Eat that. Get up and eat. He does it twice. He wakes him up twice and says, eat that. Eat that. Swallow that. Do you understand that the hand of God can touch you and it will work for a moment? But there comes a moment you have to feed yourself. Oh, well. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, I can touch you this morning with the word of God that I have in my life, but it'll only take you about 114 miles plus a day. That there's coming a journey ahead of you, and you're going to have to open up that thing we call the Bible. You're going to have to open up the word of God, and you're going to have to put some of that in your life yourself. You're going to have to sit up and eat. You're going to have to take responsibility that this is the power of God. You're going to have to understand that this word of God became bread and that we come back to this table every week to remember that we run on what he has fed us and that that bread becomes the body of Christ and that that bread is released and understood not at the table but in the book. Oh, you're not hearing me. It's not that you can rely completely on your ability to understand this because you ain't that smart. You cannot do that. You're going to have to allow the history of the Word becoming flesh in a personal way speak to you in a community of others that are helping you to understand what's going on. Get up and eat. Because the journey is too long for you. Listen, I could stay on metaphors just in this. It's the Bible. It's what's on the table. It's the people with which you live. It's actually something called this community of the church. And while everybody's deconstructing the institutional side of it, let me tell you the organic side of it, the covenantal relational side of it, you cannot do without. Oh, well, I'm going to... I've got to stop. Get up and eat. Touch your other neighbor because the other one didn't respond. Touch the other neighbor and say, get up and eat because you, you got you to gotta go somewhere. You got to feed on this thing. You got to understand that God's trying to get you to go up to a mountain. Say, go up. You, you got to get up and eat and you got to go up to this mountain. There's a mountain over there and it's 270 miles as the crow flies to Mount Sinai, to Oreb. It's the same mountain that Moses received the law on. It's the same mountain where the earth shook and the cloud was and Moses came down and his face glows. And from Beersheba, it's another 270 miles through the Rocky Mountains on steroids. Seriously. It's going to take him 40 days and 40 nights just to mountain climb his way to the mountain of God. Are you listening to me? He, he, he ran 114 in a day plus a day, and it's going to take him 40 days. It's going to be 42 days for those of you that can count. It's going to be 42 days before he gets to the mountain. I could keep going. There's so many connections in the Bible, and he goes up to that mountain. Touch your name and say, we got to go up. Listen, if you're ever going to get out of a place where you feel belittled and lost and last, you're going to have to look up. You're going to have to go a little higher than the mess that you're stewing in. you got to go up. Again, look, look at somebody and say, we got to go up. God knows how to elevate people that are belittled. He knows how to elevate people that are lost. He knows how to elevate people that feel like they've lost. we got to go up to the mountain. Say, get up and go up i got to go up. That's why I was glad when they said we're going to go up to the house of the Lord. I, I was glad when they said we were going to go into his presence. Listen, anytime you get an invitation to go up, you got to go. 
You can stay stuck if you want to, but if you get an invitation to go a little higher, you might want to go a little higher. I hear all these people talking about going to another level. I kind of like the floor I'm on. Stuck? You're stuck. You, you, you need to say, go up. Let's, let's take this a little. Can we go a little further this morning? I got to get up and I got to go up. And guess what? I got to get there myself. Ain't nobody coming to carry you up. It's a funny thing. Ain't nobody going to carry you up. You're going to have to walk your way up. These are going to be, you got to do some climbing. You got to be willing to do some, to participate in your elevation. God could have just zapped you up there, but no, God wants you to learn something on the way up. Oh, well, I just don't understand. Well, you got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to reach up and grab another. You got to pull, you got to have to build. Do you know that the journey will determine the character that is in your life? That, that, that it's not so much whether you get there first so much as that you get there and what happened to you in the process of going. I could talk to you about the process of 40-some years of ministry, and yep, this ain't bad, but I got to tell you, this happened because of a journey of, am I making any sense? It's who you become on the journey. You ran away, headed south, I got to turn you and take you a little further east, and by the way, we're going back up. We're going back to that place where I shook everything, where I handed out the Ten Commandments. We're, we're going to go. Hmm. And then he gets up on top of that mountain, and he goes into the cave. Probably been hiding there for about three and a half years. The truth of the matter is he probably knew the way, Pastor. And, and he probably just went right back. I bet he had his cave cushioned out. I bet he had remodeled that cave in the last three and a half years. I think this is where he had been hiding for the last three and a half years when the rain stopped. I, I think he would, had, had made himself a hole and made it comfortable. And he was hiding out in the odor away from all the stuff of the world. Separated himself from all the sinners of the world and just hid out back there. Made it cushy and comfortable. And you'll get it in a minute. I just keep going. Just keep withdrawing from the world and be holy in my place and be protected back up here. And I won't have anything to do with it. Been hiding. Just go right back into hiding. For We've been in hiding. And now after we call down fire, we're, we're just going to go back into hiding. And, and, and then the, the first time this question's asked is, what are you doing here, Elijah? Did you know that the tone... Of what you say matters. If I, if I, there's times I've come home and Annie's looked at me and says, "What are you doing?" Have you ever walked into the room with five, six little grandchildren and said, "What are you doing here?" I mean, the implication is I'm about to beat you, right? The implication is that whatever it is you're doing, you shouldn't be doing, right? I mean, that's the it's in the tone of the same, and 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 I love Elijah's. I love Elijah's answer at this moment. He said, I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, dummy, you're the one who went in the cave. I'm alone. Yeah, you... Uh, uh, I mean, what's really funny is that day before yesterday, 42 days ago, back, back over there, you were standing in front of them 800 prophets going, I alone and left. And I'm here. Isn't it interesting what you were bragging about 40 days ago, now you're crying about? 40 days ago, you thought it was really big to be independent, and you're of God, and you can call down fire. Today, you're weeping about being... I see people all the time, what they brag about on Tuesday is what they're crying about on Friday. 
On Tuesday, they had it. Now, now, I'm alone. I'm left. Loneliness is a horrible thing, particularly when it's self-imposed. Oh, well, I better back up. It's not good for man to be alone. I feel so alone. Be nice. Nobody likes me. There's a common denominator in this conversation. It's me. Oh, never mind. It's so interesting to me. Are you ready for this one? You got to get up. You got to go up. Get out of here. Get, get, get out of this cave. Get out of this self-imposed pity party. Get out of this thing that you think is, get, I'm not in no cave. I ain't in the tomb. What are you doing looking for me here? Man, there's all kinds of things. I could go a hundred ways. Get, what, are you, what, I'm not, listen, I ain't living in no hole in the ground. What are you doing? Get, get out there. I didn't tell you to go in there. I told you to come up to the mountain. I didn't tell you to go in a hole. You know how I many people are living in holes today? Get out. Touch your other neighbor and say, get out. Get yourself out of that. Get up. Move. Come on. Change locations. You know how hard God's working to get you in a position where he can really talk to you? Up to this moment, all he's been doing is giving directions. And he, I think he said, I told you to turn right. <laughs> get, say, get out. It really is a command to come into my presence. Come out here where I'm living. I'm not living back there in your limitations. I'm not in God's not hiding anywhere. God's never been hiding. Adam and Eve hid from his presence because they thought he was ashamed of their nakedness. And he looked at him and said, who told you were naked? I think he looked at Elijah and said, who told you you were alone? See, anytime you go into hiding, it, 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 you're hiding not only from God or from the world, but from God and from yourself. You're living in some... He said, get, 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 get out here. Say, say it with me. Get. We're just waiting on the presence of God to fall. Look, stupid, he's waiting for you to come in. God ain't falling. Fire fell, but God ain't falling. Fall afresh on. That's the dumbest song I've ever heard in my life. It's kind of as bad as I'll fly away, oh glory. Got about as much faith in it as fall. Get out of that mindset. Get out of that. Get, get. He came out. Remember the story? There was this wind. God wasn't in the wind. There was this earthquake. Shook everything. God wasn't in that. There was this fire. God wasn't in the fire. I get tickled about people that are wanting God to repeat himself. Now when Moses sent the law, that's what happened. But now he's talking to this prophet and that ain't what happened. And all of this display, Pentecostals make the mistake that God is found in the display. God's not in the display. He ain't in the display at all. And the Bible says that after that was all over and God was not in it, that there was this gentle 
and quiet whisper. And that God was in the whisper. And he asked him the question the second time. Son, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm alone, Dad. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one here. And come here, Pete. Do do, do you understand that in order to hear a whisper, you got to be pretty close to hear the whisper? And here's Elijah going, well, I'm by myself. I'm all alone. Well, I'm near you, aren't I? Did you get it? All the time Elijah is going, I'm all alone. God's going, well, who am I? I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. You've never been alone, Elijah. You allowed yourself to get caught up in my displays when the reality is I've been trying to reveal my relationship to you. See, you're worried about Jezebel. You're worried about Ahab. You're worried about that diagnosis. You're worried about that circumstance. God ain't worried about none of that. He got one thing on his mind. Can I get you to see how close I am to you? Did you get it? Even strong people struggle. Even champions need to be reminded That you're not a champion because of you. You're a champion because of. I can do all things through. Are you? God's not in the earthquake. He's not in the wind. He's in you. In you. In you. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? He said, He said, I need you to go back. You got to get up and eat. You got to go up to the mountain. You got to get out of here. And you got to go back. I need you to go back down there at that valley. I need you to go back down there to that thing that threatens you. I need you to go back down into that community that's all messed up. I need you to go back to that job, back to that marriage, back to that. Are you listening to me? I need you to go back. Now that you know that I'm with you, you take me back. Now that you understand that their threats are idle, you go back. i got to interrupt this regularly scheduled program to tell you, you need to go back to living. You need to go back to your life. You need to go back to enjoying every day like it's a gift from God. You need to recover living. You've let something rip the rug out from under your life. And I'm telling you this morning, take life back. Go back to living your life. Oh. One whisper from God. What did he say? The minute he started talking, all I could think of was who I was with. 
I've been with the Lord. What did he say? I, I, I don't know. He'll, he'll remind me when I need to know. He'll bring to remembrance what he said. I, I get tickled, these people that come out. I heard God say, listen, can I tell you the best moments I've ever had with the Lord? I can't remember one word he said to me. Not one word. I was so captured in the fact that he was so close that my brain could not absorb the language that he was using. When I relaxed and started thinking, I don't have to hear to understand, all I got to do is be aware of who's holding me. And if I'm aware of who's holding me, when the moment comes, the words that he said will come out my mouth. Oh, well, some of you are going, you mean I don't have to run it through my brain? I'm going to tell you, it's actually easier if I don't. I've 99.9 finished this book. I had these editors that are working on this book, and they're asking me questions. And finally, she says, why didn't you write that? I said, because I didn't know it. (laughs) She's going to send me a text. I'm here. Now go back. I'm with you. Now go back. No, you can't stay in Galilee. You got to go back. No, you can't stay in this upper room. You got to go out into the world. No, you can't stay where you feel comfortable. You got to go where he takes you. Am I making any sense? Pastor, why don't you stay home? I can't. You understand? Every time I sit down, God's telling me, go there, say this, do that, go to that hospital room, go. I don't have a list. I ain't coming to you because someone handed me a list. I, if I call you, it's because some, he, mm, uh-huh. I look out in this crowd and I can tell you who's not here. How do you know? I don't know. Myrtle. I used to have this lady that I talked about all the time, Mrs. McGillicuddy. Myrtle McGillicuddy. And I'd say, well, Myrtle. <laughs> and one day a lady walked up and says, my name's Myrtle. McGillicuddy. I said, I had to stop. Do little boys still hear the voice of God? Samuel, Samuel. In the midst of a religious culture, God is whispering to those that are little children. God loves little children. God doesn't whisper to know-it-alls. He whispers to people that know nothing. And he whispers to losers and to the least, and he whispers, wow, I need you to go back, Elijah. I need you to go back. I need you to go back to living. I need you to go back. And finally, I want you to go anoint. I want you to go anoint that one, and I want you to anoint that one, and I want you to anoint that one. And I got 7,000 out there. That I want you to train. Start a school for prophets. Start training those prophets. I want you to go back. And I want you to give away what I gave you on this mountain. I want you to go back and live as a generous man. Giving to other people the knowledge that he's in relationship with you. Hmm. What do you do when you feel like you've lost? What do you do when you've been belittled by the world? What do you do when you feel like you're the last and the least? 
Listen to me. You get up and eat. You go up to the mountain. You get out of your pity party. You realize he's with you. You go back and you start giving away. You go back to living and giving. And can I tell you something? You'll win again. You'll win again. You'll win again. You'll win again. That's pretty good, wasn't it? That's pretty good. I thought I was done too, but I ain't done. I thought I was all done. I worked on that last week. I was going to title the message 5G Living. Better than Verizon. Or T-Mobile or whatever they are. Better, right? Living in 5G. You got to get up. You got to go up. You got to go out. You got to go back. And you got to give it away. That's, that's pretty good, right? And I, I do my thing yesterday afternoon, mow the yard, and, and I watch some TV, and I go back downstairs to my little office, and I open up my Bible, and I just read. I ain't reading for nothing, but just reading, Derek. I got this thing. I got this in the bag. I'm going to preach this tomorrow. I'm good, right? And Jesus messed with me. He interrupted my regularly scheduled sermon. He messed with me. And I said, you know, they want me to preach in series, and I'm trying to get a series started here, and I can't get a series started if you keep interrupting. And he just kept whispering to me. And he didn't even whisper to me out of Matthew 18 or out of 1 Kings 19. He went to a whole nother chapter. He went to a whole, went to Mark. He went over to the book of Mark where there's this woman that's had this issue for 12 years. You know that issue? She's had this issue for 12 years. And then there's this priest that's got a daughter that's 12 years old. Do you know we're all connected through some weird, I mean, this lady got a diagnosis 12 years ago, and this family walked out with a baby 12 years ago, and they didn't even see each other in the hallway. Sure, things can be happening in other people's lives, but you're so caught up in what's happening in your life that you never noticed what's happening in the lives that are around you. 12 and 12. And that, and that, we're all connected. We just don't pay attention. She's too afraid to, to, so she crawls through so she can get a healing. He's coming so that he can get a healing. They're disconnected. She's a woman that has no name. He's a man who's named Jairus. And, 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 and Jairus comes to Jesus. And you're right, you know the story. Mrs. Shepherd taught you. And, but the scriptures have 70 faces. And, and he says, okay, Jairus, I'll go. And Jairus says, get out of my way, get out of my way. He's coming, get out of my way. I think, I think he probably got down through here in the crowd and looked around and where was Jesus? You ever been trying to lead Jesus somewhere and he doesn't follow you? I've made great plans. Come on, Jesus, go, let's go, let's go. And I turn around, he... Right? And, and, and Jesus is going, so you're the one that touched me. Uh-huh. So tell me your story. Have you ever asked a woman that's been six, 12 years to tell you her story? Some of you are afraid to laugh or you're... Okay, babe doll, fire away. Can you imagine Jairus standing there? Really? 
we had to know that detail. Now there's another way to look at it. Shazam. He did what? You heard what? You touched him and you got, my God. I mean, there's one way to be up here and go. There's another to stand over here and go, man, that's building my faith. Why did Jesus stop and ask the woman to give her testimony? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the testimony of that woman was building the faith in Jairus at the very moment. An unnamed testimony can touch a named priest by just simply hearing the story of a lost soul. I don't believe he was upset with listening to the story. I think he was growing stronger and stronger with every jot and tittle of the story she was telling. Never thought about it, did you? And while that's happening, about time the story's ended, hey, leave, leave, leave the teacher alone. Your daughter's dead. Jesus, ignoring what they said, turned to him and said, don't be afraid. Only believe. I don't believe Jairus led the way this time. I believe Jesus stepped out and headed towards the house. I believe this time Jairus was walking behind. Because it says, when he walked in the house, when he walked in the house, he walked into the room, and he said, oh, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. I was reading this last night in my room after I had a great 5G message. This is a great message. And, and you know the story, right? They start laughing at him. They start ridiculing him. And one translation says he put them out. One translation says he threw them out. But the translation I really like, get out! Get out! Take your doubting, your mocking, your snickering, your unbelief, your disregard for the authority of God. You take it and you get out of this room. You get out of my sight. You get out of my head. You get out of my ears. I got up. My little office. My little room. Walked over to the door. Opened the door. And said get. Get out of here. I started talking to everything that had been threatening me over the last six, eight months. You get out of my soul. You get out of my head. If you don't do this, Jezebel will threaten you. Get out. If you don't keep cleaning up the crap that runs through your mind, Jezebel can send a messenger and rob you of that victory. Get out of my house. Say, get out. Every religious mumbo crap that Meemaw put on you. Yeah, I had one. 6G. We just went to 6G. I don't care how you count it. That's better than Verizon or AT&T. That's 6G, buddy. We're connecting on another level. Is it okay? Did you know the next verse after they got out? Guess what he said? Get up! He spoke to the dead thing that was in the house. And when you get that other stuff out of the house, you can command death to get up. And... 
That's called 7G. You may want to come back next week because I bet there's an... You never know how many G's we can get here. With. <laughs> that's the close. I got to tell you, that's what he said last night. I'm standing down my basement shouting stuff out of the house. I'm walking around my life going, get up, get up, get up, get up. That dream you let go of, get up. That hope you had, get up. That thing you passed away, get up. I'm going to recover, get up. <laughs> they get up me do you know what he said to Tabitha get up and feed the girl did you get the whole circle if God has raised your life don't forget to feed on what he's given you to feed on. Because the only way you sustain resurrected living is to keep eating on what he's feeding.